Hello, and welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast. This is the show where we bring in thought leaders across the utility space to learn more about the latest challenges and trends defining the energy system across the country and shaping our future. And a quick thank you to West Monroe, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. I'm Jason Price, Energy Central podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. And once again, from Orlando, Florida, I'm joined by Matt Chester, podcast producer and Energy Central community manager. Matt, the reach for energy efficiency is nothing new. And for many years, Energy Efficiency 1.0 addressed the low-hanging fruit, turn off lights, switch to LED, upgrade appliances and HVAC systems, introduce weatherization programs and home energy solutions, and more. But in today's utility landscape, it sure seems like energy efficiency programs are aiming bigger, asking for more notable actions for customers, business and residential, be it what we call, say, energy efficiency 2.0, to cover more customers and introduce new programs and solutions at the utility level. Matt, you have a good pulse of the Energy Central community. So tell us, what conversations are you hearing from them? Sure, Jason. So there's definitely a lot of questions and discussion going on on Energy Central uh, around how to get customers to participate in energy efficiency programs and how to elevate to those the energy efficiency 2.0 that you're talking about. And largely, you know, the technology is there, the know-how is there. And the utility leaders are, are looking to find ways to get the buy-in from the customer side, whether that's residential, business, or otherwise. But that said, there's always new technology as well that make the opportunities even greater, from the push to whole building electrification, integration of EVs, and the use of digital and smart technologies to have it all run more seamlessly. It's an actively evolving and fruitful area of discussion that I know our listeners are quite tuned in and on and uh, eager to hear the latest and greatest about. That's right. Energy efficiency has indeed elevated from a simple way to empower customers to take control. And now these programs are highlighted for the critical role they can play in solving some systematic challenges for utilities, like reducing the stress of peak load, assisting in the clean energy transition, and reducing the undue energy burden felt by some homes and businesses. So the energy efficiency best practices have evolved over the last decade. And as new technologies have come to market and the priorities of utilities have elevated, their customers are more modernized and better armed. To get a snapshot of what energy efficiency programs can and should be, we're fortunate today to be joined by someone at the leading edge of crafting important energy efficiency programs that are expanding the reach of these benefits to more people who can use them and do so in a way that's embracing the cutting edge technologies and most current knowledge. So today's guest is Larry Rush, the Manager of Residential Conservation and Load Management at Avon Grid. Larry manages these teams for Avon Grid covering Connecticut and Massachusetts. And previously at Avon Grid, he was the Program Manager for the Market-Based Home Energy Solutions Program in Connecticut, which was an in-home weatherization service. Today, Larry oversees all programs for Connecticut and Massachusetts, including low-income and market-rate weatherization. HVAC water systems, heat pump programs, retail products behavior, and online marketplaces. Across the two states, Larry's programs operate on a $30 million incentive budget. 
We're excited to learn about how he's bringing energy efficiency to all using the latest and greatest the industry has to offer. So let's not wait any longer to bring him into the podcast booth. Larry Rush, welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. Hey, Jason and Matt, great to, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. That we're excited to have you as well. So let's jump right in. Now, getting customers to adopt energy efficiency measures put out by utilities has always been a challenge. But it seems like in today's environment, there are even more hurdles to overcome, like trying to embrace efficiency amid a push to decar buildings, the inability of many customers to make capital expenditures and some upgrades that are required, and the evolving regulatory landscape. So tell us, what is your team at Avangrid doing to make sure energy efficiency stays atop the list of priorities? There's a lot of talk about when it comes to that. I mean, we at Avangrid um, put energy efficiency at the forefront, clean energy. Our team's always working on new and innovative ways to bring robust products to our customers, either whether it's through our flagship programs like our home energy solutions or home energy solutions income eligible programs or our online marketplace and behavior programs, which are ways to cross collaborate and create synergies to drive more customers to participate or working with our community partnerships. We have a fun, exciting community partnership program where we're going out into the communities and actually trying to teach people the, about these programs and what to do with them and, and how, to, how to be engaged. Um, the work is challenging, really challenging. You know, it, it's not easy to engage people and teach them the importance, but um, we've become experts in the industry and we've succeeded quite a bit in doing that. Actually, this year, um, for the fifth time in a row, we were the nominated for the Energy Star Partner of the Year in Sustained Excellence. So not only are our programs, you know, performing on a local level, but We've been nationally recognized for the work that we've done and how um, comprehensive we've been able to do the work that we do. You know, as we prepared for this podcast, you had mentioned that the way your team frames incentives and residential efficiency upgrades is unique compared to what's typically done across the industry. Share with us what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that we do in Connecticut that's unique amongst a lot of the other programs in-home weatherization program, we actually are able to achieve a ton of savings on our first visit. So in our home energy solutions income eligible program, unique to a lot, we don't just do, you know, our basic audits and, you know, screw in some light bulbs in Connecticut. We actually um, will go out there, we'll ear seal the unit that day with blower door guided ear sealing. We're doing duct blasting um, as well, that same visit. We're um, fully evaluating the heating and cooling system and also trying to bring resources to our customers. One of the more unique programs that we're starting up in um, Connecticut and in Massachusetts actually is a heat pump installer network to try to better help our customers make the proper selection of heat pumps and HVAC systems. We're also looking forward to starting up an insulation boot camp in Connecticut. So as we know, there's a, there's a lot of insulation installers, but you know we want our customers to ensure that they're getting in the proper insulation installed at the right levels and then it's done correctly to create those continuous barriers. There's so many things that, you know, we do unique in the home. Just back to our home energy solutions program in Connecticut, the average customer sees about $200 annually in savings from that initial visit. And we spend about $1,000 in the home in that initial visit. That's something unique um, in Connecticut versus um, some other programs where it might be just a basic audit. And then you're trying to engage the customer to move forward with air sealing and potentially some insulation. We hit that air ceiling the first shot, so we get those instant savings, you know, pretty much right away. Sure. 
Lara, we had recently on Power Perspectives representatives from both TVA and the Smart Energy Consumer Collaborative. They published a study on the unique challenges just facing the rental market, the rental landlord relationship. In a renter's market, what are you doing to break through the split incentives issue between landlords and tenants? And, and what more can be done to avoid missing key energy efficiency opportunities? Yeah, you know, the landlord rental market, it's an extremely hard market to break into. And we've done a lot in, in Connecticut and trying to break the barriers. Um, we have a pretty robust multifamily initiative. In Connecticut, one of the things that we recently did, and, and we're going to continue to do this, is we've actually been hosting um, landlord roundtables where we're engaging different landlords in Connecticut and trying to figure out how we can make these programs work better for them. You know, we, we get lessons learned from that, I mean, and we're able to try to craft incentives so that we can move move the mark. You know, it could be extremely challenging when you have individually metered units and you're trying to influence someone to install heat pumps or something that really doesn't only gives a capital investment to the building, but doesn't really have any direct return on investment for energy savings for that landlord. You know, so so we're always looking at unique ways to do it. One of the ways that we do the multifamily program is we actually offer comprehensive incentives for multiple end use measures, right? So if someone was to move forward with air sealing and insulation and HVAC project altogether, we'll offer them an increased incentive to try to move the mark there. This gives the landlord some more skin in the game to want to move forward with it because, you know, they're not making the full investment themselves. And we want to see our customers save on their energy bills. And we also want to make sure that, you know, they're living more comfortably in their homes. You know, we, we also partner with um, a bunch of different groups in Connecticut to try to teach them the importance of energy efficiency in their buildings, you know, whether it's in the low income markets or in the market rate markets. With market rate, you know, you do have tenant retention, especially um, in the past, you know, electric heat is um, extremely expensive. Installing heat pumps obviously saves instantaneously. And, you know, those landlords should start to see people stick around more so. It's always an ever changing field. I actually, one of my, uh, my jobs prior to, um, working in the utility industry was um, I was a multifamily manager for a, a company in Connecticut um, called CBC Energy Services. And my job was to try to help upsell products like insulation and LED lighting at the time. And, you know, it, it was really successful. The program was really successful. And, and you got to learn what, the, what some of the pain points were from the landlords. And at the end of the day, that kind of learning and that front line helped us and helped me to be in these programs and try to make them better for the, the industry and for um, our partners and customers out there. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the unique issues with renters is just one of myriad of ways where equity comes into play with these programs, which I'm sure you're facing. But what are some of the other ways in which you're trying to bring efficiency programs to new customers that have been previously been un unable to access or unable to deliver to them? So we've been working on a bunch of different cross collaborations amongst our groups. You know, the community partnership, I think that we started this past year is going to really help us get, you know, on the front line, you know, just helping working with local organization, community action agencies, the town to try to spread awareness to get to places. You know, I, I like to say, you know, areas with market potential, right? We're a person too. We're trying to help you. And that it's ever so important when you're trying to reach these community groups. We have a strong presence, you know, with our other programs. So, for instance, we have a matching payment program at the utilities to help customers that may have fallen behind in their bills. 
one thing that we've been doing that really has helped to increase our income eligible participation is making sure that that application that they have is automatically approved if they're on one of those hardship programs we manage internally. That way it makes it easier to really approve and, and not have to recollect data for customers. I mean, you know, so many people get turned away because they don't want to get their bills together. So, you know, people don't want to always admit that, you know, they're in hard times. It's, it's not an easy thing to admit. So by making things easier on customers, it's helped us to expand the programs and, and reaches and touches. I mean, we're also going to be looking towards, you know, some more data sharing procedures with some of the other state agencies in Connecticut. So that way we could continue to, to make this easy for customers and so that they're not you know, continuously giving repetitive data and then repetitive information um, bills. How do we make it easier to get them in the program? Yeah, agreed. So, you know, energy efficiency it falls into the demand side of activities. So tell us about, or let's talk a little bit about demand response. How does demand response play into this equity conversation? When building out load management and demand response programs for the residential market, are there equity considerations that other utilities are overlooking, or how are you even up and grid managing all this? So one of the ways that we've um, we've piloted some um, demand response, um, and this is more um, in particular in the like New Haven, Bridgeport areas in Connecticut, is we had um, managed to run a, a heat pump water heater pilot a few years back, where we were providing um, low income customers with a free heat pump water heater if they had electric resistance and also enrolling them in demand response programs. You know, the other things that we do that help is we actually will install um, Wi-Fi thermostat through our home energy solutions income eligible program, which is, you know, the first step to getting them enrolled in a, a demand response program. We try to make it easy and accessible through our online marketplace to um, sign up. We also discount through our energy efficiency programs the thermostats that we have, so that way they're affordable too. So it's trying to reach many, many channels. We're recently starting a demand response gas program as well, um, where we've had a pretty good uptick of uh, customers enrolled. But, you know, it, it's, it's part of the challenge, trying to get people to sign up and understand the ability of a demand response isn't the easiest sell. But we try to educate people, and that's why some of our programs are so, are so they create so many synergies. And so when we go out there with our home energy solutions income eligible program, we leave them with a leave behind packet that teaches them and shows them where to look into things like demand response. And, you know, that'll help. So I guess keeping it as simple as possible and trying to educate people is the best, uh, a couple of the best things that we could really do. You know, one of the things also that we've recently done to try to expand this education and knowledge in Connecticut, we started a Energized Connecticut mobile exhibit. The mobile exhibit goes around to different schools and areas, and we made sure that we integrated, you know, environmental justice community um, metrics into that to teach kids about energy efficiency, teach their parents about energy efficiency, go to different events, which also includes DR and clean energy jobs. So we're really trying to make this field. There's, there's a lot of opportunity in this field for people to, to see and understand, and getting that word out or trying to get that word out is is important and, and we have to do it through multiple channels. There's not just one right way. You know, the worst thing they say in business is doing it the same way is, um, isn't the right way. And that, I, I totally believe that keeping on shaking it up and trying new things is important. So we're always trying to pivot to see what we could do next and what we could do better. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that our audience would be interested in learning more about some of this outreach. You know, going after, for example, low-income households is different than going after moderate-income households and others. Can you can you just simply talk a little bit about some of the programs, outreach programs that you've introduced and you're doing at Alvin Grid? Yeah, I mean, so um, <laughs> funny enough, we've had um, multiple channels to try to introduce it, right? So whether we've seen a great uptick since the end of COVID, in our programs as far as marketing and outreach go, probably the context of what's happening in the world right now. But one of the things that, you know, we were really excited about as far as marketing is just, you know, simple things like TV commercials. And I believe it was last summer, we ran a TV commercial and English and Spanish to teach people about the programs and to get them interested, um, you know, billboards, stuff like that. But that's just your regular run of the mill. Doing things like getting to community events and getting out there you know, showing them what it's all about, bringing the mobile exhibit out to to different places in the community, you know, that's really started to help and um, really started to help move the move the mark. So it's the challenge. Um, it's, a, it's something that we're ever adapting. So, you know, we send um, letters out to our hardship customers to try to gauge them and get them signed up. Like I said, making it easy as possible, you know, trying to make it make these things work. You know, talking to the community action agencies that we work with and trying to influence them to promote our program. Everyone's busy and you have to get buy-in from them. You know, everyone has their own role. So if you could get little seeds planted about what, you know, what these programs are, just get them a little bit engaged, it goes a long way, right? Making um, small changes in the programs, the way we approach things, you know, make a big impact. Um, we're also working on a low-income qualification tool in Connecticut. You know, this tool um, is going to allow our vendors to automatically approve people by using the data that we have in our system. It's also going to be built so that our vendors could, um, you know, draw a line around a certain area and pull a mailing list to help them, you know, really get to the distressed areas that we may not have good um, participation in. The other thing is looking into different languages and seeing, you know, how does our material relate to people of different backgrounds? You know, there's not, it's not one size fits all when you're talking efficiency and trying to get people to, to engage. And it's also not easy to convince people to get in their houses. So doing that helps. Having community advocates, people that will promote the programs. Um, I was at an event this Tuesday. One of the ladies there was saying how, you know, she had the program and she had, she, it helped her out so much. She saw the instant savings. She felt more comfortable in her living room because, you know, her window wasn't as leaky. Right. And, you know, people like that, they're, they're really the ones that help promote the word, you know, news spreads is quick when you have good advocates in the community. Right. It takes a it takes a village to really help grow this and get people going. And so that's what we're always looking for. How could we do that? How could we get out to these communities? Who can we talk to about the program? What events could we help sponsor? How do we engage, you know, different business owners and people to understand what these programs look like? A lot of different ways, techniques, you know, unique to the just run of the mill. You know, we don't sit just behind a computer screen. We're out there in the community trying to make an impact and difference. Yeah, that's a whole dimension that I'm sure a lot of people don't really think about. It's no, it's not much different than trying to reach, you know, disenfranchised communities when it comes to healthcare, you know, maternal health, uh, children's health, and working locally with the communities and local representatives and building that network of trust is no different than, um, what you're trying to tackle here from an energy efficiency standpoint. So I, I applaud the efforts that you're you're carrying and uh, Ivan Grid is, is doing. 
well, at the top of the show, I, I introduced a little bit of your background and you came from a different area. So, you know, I'd like you to sort of explore and take us through like what you learned from your past experience to what you're doing today. Would you, could you do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, funny enough now, you know, you have the infrastructure job act coming out and, um, you know, I like to relate that back to my, to how I got into this industry. So I started in this industry right out of college, um, working for a community action agency in Waterbury, just needed a job and there was an opening. So I hopped in and, you know, what I was doing at the time was I was sending out little notices that, you know, for people to sign up for energy assistance and led me to um, get my certificates in energy efficiency. So I was actually at the time then starting to do inspections and audits for that community action agent, I got to see the nonprofit side of the world first, right? So I did that for a few years. And then what I did was I actually moved over to um, an ESCO type company, right? And um, they were, um, they're one of the leaders in Connecticut as far as their weatherization programs. And one of the things I was tasked with was trying to grow their um, add-on measure program. So the add-on measure program was, you know, helping multifamily customers and um, landlords install different products like LED lighting, insulation, HVAC boilers, um, you know, and even heat pumps at the time, right? So trying to um, influence people to do that is really important. So from there, I moved on. I, I moved on to um, United Illuminating, um, which is uh, part of the Avangard family. And um, there I was, I took my industry and, you know, background knowledge to um, manage the Home Energy Solutions Program, which is our in-home uh, delivery service program, right? So that's our flagship program that, you know, goes out there to weatherize homes, do these audits, um, like I spoke about a little earlier. <laughs> a couple of years went by, uh, an opportunity presented itself to um, to take the team on for um, the full residential portfolio. So um, I had actually hopped into that job and, um, you know, now I'm overseeing, you know, not only the weatherization programs, the online marketplaces, and behavior programs, HVAC programs. So pretty much everything soup to nuts in Connecticut and Massachusetts. And, you know, one of the things that I've really tried to work hard to do is to create synergies um, amongst that, right? All these things are interconnected. But one of the things that benefited me the most is, unlike a lot of people, I was in the trenches. I've, <laughs> I've been in the attic when it is a, you know, 95-degree day outside. And we had to go up an air seal or we had to go take a look around. I've walked multifamily properties in low-income areas and, and did lighting schedules and, you know, tried to influence customers to, you know, do the work that, that they should do. And, it, you know, it, that really, that background gives me understanding of what the contractor network looks like, what it looks like working at a cap agency or a community action agency. It gave me a holistic view of the industry and, and, you know, I'm ever so grateful for the position that I'm in and the experience and, and diversified background I've had. Yeah. And energy efficiency isn't something where you're done either. It's a, it's an ongoing process to just, you can never be a hundred percent energy efficient. Can you? You can never be a hundred percent energy efficient. That's correct. I mean, even if you're off the grid, you know, that's zero. There's always right. going to be improvements. Things deteriorate over time. <laughs> I mean, you have to keep on looking at them. This is an industry that needs to hit the mainstream. You know, it can't yeah. always rely on, you know, utility incentives. People should know that they should want this. It's a, it's an important part. Health, safety, comfort, everything. It hits, it hits all the trifectas. Right, right. Well, I love the passion. We're going to give you the last word, but before we do, we have something called the lightning round. So we're switching gears here for a moment. We want to learn a little bit more about 
Larry Rush, not the professional, but Larry Rush, the, the person. So we have what's called lightning round. We're going to ask you a series of questions, and you need to keep the response to one word or phrase. So, Larry, are you ready? I'll try to be. <laughs> All right, here we go. Favorite meal of the day? Got to be dinner. Um, dinner with my fiance every night. We try to sit down and have one. Nice. Next vacation you want to take? Well, right after this, I'm, I'm heading camping. So I, I'm right there with right there on that vacation. <laughs> If you weren't working in energy, what might your career path have been? Could have been in social services, actually. Um, just working in that industry, that's where my college background came from. Who do you look up to? I know this sounds cliche, but definitely my mom and dad. They worked hard to get me to where I can, struggling and um, paying the bills to make sure it happens. So I, those are the two people I always look up to. And what are you most passionate about? One of my most passionate, other than playing golf on the weekends, it's helping and, and explaining to people. I know it's outside of careers, but, you know, I really do enjoy helping people out and, and trying to explain things, whether it's in my field or maybe outside doing different volunteer opportunities. Very nice. It's, it's always nice to pull back the curtain a little bit for the community to get a little more awareness of, of who our guests are. So thank you for sharing those thoughts with us. And um, at this point, we're gonna wrap up. We wanna give you the, the final word. So knowing your peers across the industry are listening, what's the one takeaway piece of knowledge you hope they glean from our conversation today? Small changes make big impacts. And, you know, continue to do what you do. There's still a long road, even though it keeps on seeming shorter and shorter. Everyone's doing a great job trying to make their programs more robust and trying to learn from others in the industry. So, you know, listen to your peers, network, talk, you know, we're all in it together. And, um, you know, whether it's for our customers or for the environment, however you want to look at it, it's all going to make a difference in them. And that's important. Well, thanks for those thoughts. And I'm excited to hear what the Energy Center community thinks of this conversation. And I'm sure they'll let us all know in the comments section, energycentral.com. So again, Larry Rush, Thank you so much for sharing your insight with us on today's episode of the podcast. Anytime. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Likewise, you can always reach Larry through the Energy Central platform where he welcomes your questions and comments. And we also want to give a shout out to, to the podcast sponsors that made today's episode possible. Thank you to West Monroe. West Monroe works with the nation's largest electric, gas, and water utilities in their telecommunication, grid modernization, and digital and workforce transformations. West Monroe brings a multidisciplinary team that blends utility, operations, and technology expertise to address modernizing aging infrastructure, advisory on transportation electrification, ADMS deployments, data and analytics, and cybersecurity. And once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com, and we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. Thank you.